syndicated writer Susan Stamper Brown began a recent column she wrote with the following words. She said, despite the fact that in America 60 to 70 percent of people identify themselves as Christian to one degree or another, Christian bashing seems to be just about as popular a pastime as watching football these days. And when a national football player commits the unpardonable sins of being both pro-life and vociferously pro-Jesus, you end up with pundits who cast ridiculous judgments from on top of their lofty thrones, much like the old Muppet Show characters Statler and Waldorf. The persecution of Christians has been going on since the days of the Roman Empire. It continues today in many third world countries brutally, and here in America more subtly. Tolerant of most other religions, pre-fall Rome viewed Christianity as a fanatical Jewish sect, which was so easy to hate, they made a sport of it. Sure, it's a stretch to make an absolute correlation between 21st century America and first century Rome. Nonetheless, replace sticks with diatribes and stones with denigrations for similar results. One kills the body, the other slays the spirit. If you're a football fan who has been following the National Football League this year, you can probably identify quite easily the person Susan Stamper Brown is alluding to in those two paragraphs I just read. It is, of course, Tim Tebow, the second-year quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Deacon Fran mentioned Tim and his very strong Christian faith in his homily last Sunday. I'll take off on that theme this evening. Now let me begin by saying this. As someone who has been a fan of the Green Bay Packers for 50 years almost, I have never had any interest whatsoever in promoting the football fortunes of the Denver Broncos, especially since they beat the Packers in Super Bowl 32. Still a sore subject with me. Let me let you know how serious I am about this stuff. My lovely sister is here at this Mass, and my brother-in-law. I'm overjoyed. They gave me my Christmas present. You know what it is? One share of stock in the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> if I'm out of the parish in the future, I'm probably at an owner's meeting in Green Bay. <laughs> Just to let you know. But you know what, in spite of all that, I have a confession to make. During the last couple of months, I have found myself sitting in front of a television set several times on Sunday afternoons, actually cheering for Tim Tebow. Not so much for who he is on the football field, although he's great there, but rather for who and what he has been off the field in his personal life. I'm happy to see someone like him doing so well in his chosen profession as long as he's not doing it against the Green Bay Packers. Now, for the benefit of those who are not football fans, 
Before the Broncos drafted him in 2010, Tim Tebow played football for the University of Florida, where he was a part of two national championship teams. In 2007, he also won the Heisman Trophy Award, which is given yearly to the best college football player in the nation. But football has never been the most important reality in this young man's life, as he would be more than happy to tell you. In fact, he often says that football is just a game and that God really doesn't care who wins and loses. For Tim Tebow, the person who is number one, the person who gives meaning and direction and purpose to his earthly existence, is the person, the divine person, whose birthday we are celebrating this evening, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it seems that he is one of the few people in public life these days who does more than just talk the talk when it comes to his personal beliefs. Now, we don't know somebody's heart, but from all external indications, at least, Tim Tebow also makes the effort to walk the walk. That is the walk of a Christian disciple. When he was a student at the University of Florida, for example, he used to spend his summers helping the poor and needy in the Philippines, where his family runs an orphanage. He spoke in prisons, he led an on-campus Bible study, he used his fame to help a number of charitable good causes. I found this line on his family webpage the other day. I think this says it all. Tim's faith is the driving force in his life, and he is acutely aware that to whom much is given, much is required. He keeps a poem in his room that reminds him of an athlete's accountability to be a role model for the little boys who want to be just like him. Oh, and did I mention that he is also saving himself for marriage? By his own example, Tim Tebow is teaching the youth of America that virgin is not a dirty word. What a great public service. But as Susan Stamper Brown points out in her little article, all of these virtues of his, because they are rooted in his Christianity, have brought the man more criticism than acclaim, at least in some segments of our society. She writes, under normal circumstances, Tebow would be praised for his accomplishments, talent, and leadership from around the Monday morning water cooler. But in these days of pseudo-political correctness, the words normal and Christian cannot run together in the same sentence. Those who praise their maker for their talent are not considered talented. They are just creepy. She then gives some examples of comments that she's heard. Maybe he can cure leprosy. He'd be a better passer if he'd give in and sleep around town. I don't want to hear about his faith every other sentence. Even Jesus is telling Tim he has had enough. She ends her piece with the following thought-provoking questions and comments. What is it about Tebow that brings out such nastiness in so many of us? Why does the Jesus in Tebow bring out the devil in us? 
Why is Thibaut such a lightning rod to those who haven't seen the same light? Might it be that we can't sit back to enjoy the game and appreciate Thibaut's talent because Thibaut's goodness makes us uncomfortable with our own not-so-goodness? If that's the case, then heaven help us. I think Susan Stamper Brown has a valid insight there. But I also, my brothers and sisters, think that it goes a little bit deeper than that. And here's where the connection with Christmas comes in. You see, Tim Tebow and others like him remind us all of a central fact of Christianity, a fact that some people would like to ignore or forget. They remind us that Jesus Christ is alive. He's not just a figure of past history who was born on this earth on Christmas Day and died 33 years later. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords who demands our obedience. He's not a way, a truth, and a life. He is, as Scripture says, the way, the truth, the life. He is the only way to God the Father. He's the risen Savior who wants to save us and who will save us from our sins if we let him. Tim Tebow and others like him remind us at Christmas that we must never, ever, ever, ever treat Jesus Christ like a lifeless figure in a lifeless crash. We have to relate to him as a person, a living person, a living divine person who created us, each of us, out of an infinite love and who came to this earth 2,000 years ago, took our sins onto himself, took them to the cross, died for those sins, and rose from the dead. And this same Jesus desires to have us live in a close, intimate, personal relationship here on this earth so that we will someday live forever with him in his glorious kingdom of heaven. That's the message of Christianity. It's really very simple, is it not? But it's a message that can qualitatively change our lives for the better. If we believe it. And if we then act upon what we say we believe. Have you ever wondered why Tim Tebow is almost always smiling? <laughs> Even when he loses, which isn't too often these days, he's always smiling because he understands this message. He understands it better than most people do. And it's also because he has acted upon it. But Father Ray, what if he falls, as so many have in the past? What if we find out on some dark day in the future that Tim Tebow has committed some horrible, terrible, horrific sin, or a whole series of horrible, terrible, horrific sins? Well then, my brothers and sisters, Tim Tebow will have the opportunity to remind us by his repentance that Jesus Christ came to this earth to die on that cross specifically for the forgiveness of our sins. 
And that there's more joy in heaven over one repentant sinner than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. I ask you to please hear that tonight. Especially if you're someone who's been away from Mass and confession for a long time. The Lord, not Father Ray, the Lord is calling you home this Christmas. But until that dark day comes for Tim Tebow, and I hope it never will, I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to pray really hard for him. I will pray for him to keep on being a good, faithful witness to Jesus Christ and his Christian faith. And I'll even root for him on the football field, as long as the team he's playing is not from Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> Merry Christmas.